Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. I'm your idol, the highest title, numero uno. I'm not a Puerto Rican, but I speak. Nah, let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> What's going on, young world? It is Radio Rashid. You're tuning in to another episode of Behind the Music, the podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. To all my new listeners, to all my old listeners, welcome. I think we have an exciting podcast lined up for you. But before I begin, we're going to talk a little sports. You know I'm going to get right into the music. Now, since we last spoke, the sweep is complete the Warriors have slept swept the Warriors ain't sleep they was woke uh, people like J.R. Smith Jordan Clarkson on the Cavs they might have been asleep uh, they were slept Warriors were slept on they completed the sweep we all thought it was over after the Houston Rockets took them to game 7 unfortunately Chris Paul didn't play the last two games Warriors versus the Cavs for the NBA Finals, and the sweep is complete. So right now, everybody is on LeBron James' watch. Where is he going to end up? Is it going to be Houston? Nah, they don't have the salary cap. Is it going to be the Cavs? Probably not. I think him and ownership is over it, Uh, the relationship. They fired their GM, I believe, earlier in the year. With Kyrie leaving, with him switching up his teams to getting a, a completely new team the second time, the second half of the season. I think Cleveland is not the place he'll end up. Will he go to the Lakers? That's a viable option. You know, uh, Paul George allegedly is supposed to be going there. They could create some cap space for him and Paul George. And there's a rumor that CP3 may be wanting to go there. So, you know, they could try to figure something out. Definitely going to have to unload a lot of their players if they're trying to get CP3, LeBron James, and Paul George. I doubt any of those guys want to take a pay cut. But the place that I think could work, you might think I'm crazy. But I'm thinking New York. I'm thinking, why doesn't LeBron James just come to New York? This time around, we could afford him. We could afford CP3. We could afford Paul George. We could bring Carmelo's Dusty behind back since we have new management. I mean, things could happen, you know, things could happen. That's all I'm saying. LeBron James, New York could be a viable option. Anyway, um, that's about as much sports as I'm going to give you. Um, Unfortunately, I'm not a huge baseball fan. Um, I'm not a huge tennis or golf fan. Right now, there's no football, there's no basketball, but there is the big three. It's pretty much a half-court basketball tournament. It starts, I believe, June 22nd. I know me and my pops is excited about it. It's some more basketball. It features, um, I believe, like D-League players. It features uh, old NBA players. I believe Ice Cube owns uh, part of the big three, and it's going to come on Fox Sports 1. I believe the debuts around June 22nd. So at least we have that. But that's all the sports I got for you. You know, nothing's really happening. So over the weekend, I had the opportunity to interview 
my phone, my first phone interview uh, with a living legend, and he goes by the name of Special Ed. Now, on my prior episode, I had Brother Omar, and I really liked the phone conversation, and I also got a lot of feedback from it as well that a lot of the audience, a lot of you guys like the phone conversations. It it makes it really sound like you're listening to the radio, and that's the whole thing about my podcast. Um, As I digress, let me enter a disclaimer. I do not know own the rights or own any type of publishing or rights or to any of the tracks that I'm going to be playing today. Um, the productions are by Howie T. Um, the performances are by Special Ed. And it is on, I believe, now what is Arista Records. It used to be on Profile Records. And I do not own the rights to none of this. So let's get that out the way. But anyway... Um, I had the pleasure of having Brother Omar on my last show, and just so happened, he's the plug um, to a Brooklyn native uh, by the name of Edward Archer, who's better known as Special Ed. Um, He was born May 16th, 1972 in Brooklyn. Yes, sir. Brooklyn, New York. Um, He is one of the best, I want to say best, I want to say best rappers in his era. A lot of you guys don't know, when I first came on the track and hit you with the I'm your idol, the highest title, numero uno, that is from Special Ed. We have heard different versions of that throughout hip hop on different people's tracks who sample that who pay homage to him. That's from Special Ed, folks. Doing this research, and and you know I love to pat myself on the back. Doing this research and doing this show has shown me how much studying and history I have to do. If you guys recall, there was a previous episode where I mentioned replacing the greats. Now, listen, I got a lot of feedback from that one. Literally, you can never replace the greats. You know what I mean? But it was more to pay attention to the good quality music that we actually have out right now. Um, But, you know, I have to admit, I am a sucker for real music. I'm a sucker for music where you could feel. I'm a sucker for genuine music, authentic music. And Special Ed is one of those artists that is real um he has a great tone of voice um he's authentic you can tell that he's great from the people that sample from him he was kind of far beyond his time i think and to be honest with you he still has it um if you don't know uh, special ed is known for some of the songs like i got it made think about it i'm the magnificent um, and he's also a producer. He produced for Biggie, he produced for Pac. He produced his own songs. He has songs with Snoop. He has um, one of these tracks with Teddy Pendergrass. But listen, we're going to go into all that. I'm just giving him the little introduction. Again, definitely appreciate uh, Special Ed coming on the show. And listen, man, we're going to get right into it. We're going to get right into it.
Alright guys, you're tuning in to another episode of Behind the Music, the podcast with Radio Rashid. We have a special guest today, actually our first uh, official celebrity, and he goes by the name Special Ed. What's going on, Special Ed? How you doing today? Peace, peace. What's going on, Radio Rashid? Yes, yes, sir. Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Listen, I want. I first want to say thank you. I appreciate you coming on on the show and giving us some of your time. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, no problem, old man. You know anything I could do. Yes, yes. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to jump right in it. Um, I did a little bit of, of research here because I was one of, you know, I, I was born in 87, um, 30. So when you were out and the youngest in charge came out, you were 16. Uh, and this is 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 way back. Um, and I had to do my own personal research on the album uh, when it came out in 89. When I was two years old, this is a classic. And you made this when you were uh, 16 years old. The album is called Youngest in Charge. Yes, sir. And, and it looks like here that um, it was on a record label called Profile Records. So how did you get discovered? Well, uh, it, I wasn't really discovered. Really, I wanted to make a, uh, I wanted to make music. So I sought out a producer, which was Hitman Howie T. Mm-hmm. And he's the one that gave me my chance, the opportunity by putting me on track. Howie was a prominent producer in the area. You know what I mean? Got you. So, so he was a New York so producer. He, he was working with... Yeah, he was working with UTFO and Chub Rock and mm-hmm. the Real Rock fan and mm-hmm. Whistle. So he had hits under his belt. Right. He lived he lived uh, across the street from my family. So I asked him to take me over there when I got old enough because they grew up over there together. So mm-hmm. it was like, you know, they always was over there. I grew up, you know, watching them DJ and do stuff in the back. So anyway... I went over there and um, basically spit for Howie and Howie put me on some tracks and was like, yeah, I want to work with you. And after we did a demo, True Blue Management took it up to Profile Records and Profile Records wanted to do the deal. Got you. Now, when you recorded that first demo, um, totally different from how we record now, you know, everything is digital. Um, I'm I'm assuming that was back when, when it was uh, analog recording. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Real, real five machines connected to each other yeah. to make a beat. Yeah. And it, and it had that it had that nice warm sound to it. Now, um, on the on the youngest in charge album, um, if you guys haven't heard it, please, please go download it on your streaming services and purchase it as well. Um, it sold over 500,000 copies. It was released in May of 89. And um, in 98, the source picked it as one of the uh, top 100 best rap albums ever. And this is kind of where we're going to start is with The Youngest in Charge. It's very, very dope album. Now, when you were recording this, um, now, you know, we'll get into the, to the later album that you made, Still Got It Made. But compared to like digital recording, did you find anything harder or anything different? recording back then like going to an actual studio 
and, and recording, um, uh, you know, in that kind of element? Is it a little different now? You know, did it feel more authentic then? I mean, music is an art, and as long as your art is authentic, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you do it. Okay. But yeah, I've recorded from, you know, in my house to Howie's crib mm-hmm. to going to Mix and Quest crib. Right. So we kind of went from house to house to house for a while. And um, it was just because that's what was available to us at the time. Mm-hmm. And the people with skill had their own setups. Gotcha. So, yeah, now it's digital, you know. I mean, there's a certain loss of maybe analog sound but I don't think in terms of creativity or feel that they lose in much gotcha. you know what I mean I hear you Good. and um when I first listened to the youngest in charge the first thing that I noticed uh with the intro record taxing the amount of lyricists that's on that song how how does that happen? Like, did did how we say I have a record and I need you to write to it and it has other people on it, or I have like how did the process happen? Because I've I noticed most of the songs are written by you, maybe composed by him, uh, but the intro record taxing had a lot of people on it. Do you remember like the process of that song? Taxing. Yeah, taxing. Tax- yeah, taxing was all written by me. Ah, uh. Howie. Maybe whatever was on that was right. I'm trying to think of what else where it would have been. Like, I don't think we cleared any samples, but it may have been the sample owners. Right. Oh, maybe on the maybe on the updated print, they have um sample information like publishing information for the samples. But I be, I wrote everything. I wrote every lyric. And how he did all the music, right? And that, and that's exactly what I figured. And it's it's through the streaming service title. Um, when you go to the lyricists, like they 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 name um, like a, a Walter Carter, Keith Samuels, Curtis Reynolds. I'm like, this. Oh, is a- I don't know those people. Are. They're probably publishing owners from the actual music, right? And and I and I'm glad to segue into this as well because. Um, I remember you did, I don't know if it was a skit I was watching where you're saying, you know, I'm going to keep on, on repeating this line because I'm going to get paid anyway. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That was on uh, my wife and kids. My wife and kids. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that was dope. And, and now to, to segue. <laughs> to, yes. Yeah. Um, how does the payment work now? Because I see like profile records is like now under arista and and like how does that work when when we stream your music when we try to get those older albums because i know like the last one was on semi records um the record label i believe you are uh, created but how does the older albums work in streaming well it goes it works under the same contract terms just under different companies so okay if arista profile then it'll go into Arista. Then Sony owns Arista. Then it'll ultimately be under Sony. So it just goes by the parent company, whoever owns, you know, the contract. Gotcha. So you're definitely still getting those checks in the mail. Oh, I have to. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that. I love that. And, that, and that's why I always say, you know, and I always encourage people to chase their dreams and, and do what they want because that 
that consistent payment later on in life, it, it seems like it always pays off when you stick to your guns. Yeah, you got to find something that you enjoy doing, that you love to do, mm-hmm. and then find find a way to earn a living doing that. Right. Now, to segue back into um, the the music here, Howie T is the producer of the album. Now, he is it like Puff Daddy, the producer, like DJ Khaled, where they grab a bunch of beat makers or he actually made the beat and kind of you guys work together on the direction of the song? Yeah, he made the beat. He made the track. He did all the sampling. And to be honest, you know, I had a, a, a role in it because I sat there with him, mm-hmm. picked out samples, picked out sounds, things of that nature. He actually offered me some production credit, but at that point, I didn't—I was, you know, 15 years old. I didn't care. I wanted to rap. Right. So I was like, man, you the producer, you produce, I'm going to rap. You know what I'm saying? But Howie was honest, and that's another reason why I respect Howie all day, man, because always been a stand-up dude, you know what I mean? Just in terms of his, his doing business ethic and um, his honesty and integrity, you know? Right. And that's important. I hear you. Now, moving on to a song like Magnificent, it gives me like a, a Rock Kim type of paid in full vibe. Did you hear those similarities or were you influenced by him at all? Or how did they, how do they like your peers around you? Who did you look up to in the rap game? And, um, you know, if there's any influences. Well, my influences came prior to rock game. Mm-hmm. I think, we, I think we pretty much grew up listening to the same artists. Right. For us. There's a way before us. But, um, you know, when Rakim was coming out, I was recording. You know what I'm saying? So it was interesting that um, we had some similar samples as well. Mm-hmm. And um, at that time, it was just digging in the crate. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't know them. They didn't know us. It's just, you know, going through the hit records, trying to find hits. The samples, the rage at the time was... You know, grabbing a dope sample or a dope loop and making it happen. So that's how that happened. But you know, um, I love Rockin'. You know, that's my guy right here all day, all all day. And um, he definitely uh, was innovative in his approach, his delivery, and his style. So big ups to Rockin'. But yeah, man. Um, you know, it's a few artists out there. We all kind of grab the You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Now, now speaking of Magnificent, um, to kind of fast forward, that was the title of Rick Ross's record in 09, and he did a remix with Big Boy and Yourself. Uh, how did that come about? Oh, Ross is a, Ross is a genuine dude. You know, from, from me knowing him, before he had records out, you know, been a genuine guy. So when I heard the record, I had just moved from living in South Florida and moved to Charlotte. And my boy called me and told me, oh, you know, Ross did this magnificent joint when he heard it. 
So I was like, nah, I'm sending it to me. So he sent it to me, and I was like, oh, yeah, hot. So I hit up Ross, and um, so like, yo, son, you know, that shit sounds dope. And uh, you know, at that time, I probably changed numbers or whatever for moving. Mm-hmm. So he was like, and if you could jump on a remix or whatever. Oh, I even told him, so if you're doing a remix or anything, man, I come hop on and say, like, yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. You know, XYZ. So, I actually, they called me out to come through the video just to, you know, pay homage or pay respect. Right. And uh, so, while I'm here, so I was like, hell yeah. So I went to the video shoot. And then shortly thereafter, they planned for the remix, so they sent the track. Right. Dope. That's dope. And I and I like that. And this is what I'm talking about um, to my younger audience out there, and even to the older audience. I like this particular show, and I like that you're coming on the show, is because we do have to pay respect, and we do have to pay hom- homage to legends like you, like your wordplay, your delivery, your tone of voice, um, beat selection. They're all to be admired. So definitely paying homage to you today. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I do like these. I my I get bipolar. I go up and down. So I'm going to keep jumping back and forth. I'm going to jump back to, to Youngest in Charge. And the song um, in particular is Club Scene. Now, with the club scene, that was a little different type of, of record on this 11-track album. Is that one is something that was your idea? You wanted to give a different flavor on the album? Or how did club scene come about? Well, the club scene at that time was the hip-hop scene. You know what I mean? If you was into hip-hop, then you went to clubs. And clubs didn't start off as hip-hop clubs. Mm-hmm. They were clubs. And um, they played house music. Mm-hmm. So me wanting to be diverse, thought that it would be a great idea. And I think Howie actually came up with the idea of doing a house joint. And he had some tracks he'd been working on. And he had this thing where he'd been sampling popular house records. And I was like, yeah, that's hot. Let's do it. And um, that's how we recorded the club team. And the club Club music was big, big overseas too. Got you, and and yeah, it was overseas. And I'm, I'm out of all of my friends, I like house music and and club music, and I'm actually doing a podcast on that too. Um, so that's definitely uh, uh, dope that you had like that type of of I guess uh, genre or feel um, on that album. We had every kind of genre. We had street joints. Uh, the Monster Jam was a go-go joint. Mm-hmm. We had fast songs, more or less We had slow songs, think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reggae. Edmund Red. We had a club. Mm-hmm. Out. Something for everybody. And and I'm I'm glad that you touched on that. So from the club scene to the last track, um, number eleven, which is Heads and Dreads, it showed the versatility. Now, with a record like Heads and Dreads, I'm I'm going to guess that you're from the islands, Jamaican descent. Yeah, my family's from Jamaica. Okay. And with that type of record, because you did touch on um it's it feels like you always give us one of the a reggae type of album on each project. 
uh, reggae type of record on each project. Did you ever want to do like a reggae album? Was that ever something that you thought about? Oh, well, probably not an entire album by myself, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I would executive produce a reggae album. Right. That's this way I could gather some talent and um, you know, I got some I got some ideas for that actually, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm good to be able to put together some talent and, and direct them before so I got a vision for that. Right. Okay. And now I just want to, uh, we're going to move forward to the second album because I know you're, you, you're um, short on time, but for this Youngest in Charge album, um, Action is one of my favorite songs on that. Um, I know this that you spelled it, A-K-S-H-U-N. Um, is this any O to, was there like a DJ action or, or how did the word action, was that anything special to that? The name is DJ Action and that's how we spelled it. Mm-hmm. Got up with that because it was different. So uh, it was different with the same thing. So mm-hmm. I think it. that was my I like I love the credit for that. Right, right, right. Shout out action, you know, still holding it down. DJ Action, um, we're going to actually play this track. You know, I love to play tracks for you guys, so we're going to play this track. It's on the first album called Youngest in Charge. It was released in 1989. You know I don't really like to play the popular songs. Um, Of course, you guys got to do your homework. Check out I'm the Magnificent, uh, one of the, the... top tracks on the first album Youngest in Charge, but I'm going to play you guys Action, featuring DJ Action Let's take a listen For your pleasure or your leisure Try to match the scratch and you will end up in a seizure Strain upon your brain, you can't contain the plain fact That if you try to cut his heart up and your record would crack Or even break What does it take to make you hear? Do I have to put a speaker to your ear? For you to say Hey, I like the way the DJ is playing Cause that's what you'll be saying You'll say, I want a DJ just like that one Well, all you had to say was, I want action. 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 I want
What a man is action, that remarkable man. If you heard it, he can do it, he can do it, he can. If you heard it, if you word it with your lips, what I mean is that he cuts so clean. You would think he was a dream you had. The man is bad, yet the dream is not a nightmare. I don't think that it's right, or rather quite fair. To a new DJ, you're 86er. You can't beat a man who was born on a mixer. If you think you broke a record, action is the fixer. If you need a remedy, action love is the elixir. Cause if he picks her, then he gets her and he sticks her Onto the record player, and then he licks her Fingertip for more traction And then he makes her say Dope, dope track, right? All right, man. Let's get back to the interview. When you're listening to the album, check out Bush. Bush is one of my favorite joints as well. It samples love and happiness. And actually, that little Congo hit that's in there reminds me of the Biggie song, What's Beef? Um, So I think they took a little bit uh, from that song, Bush, on Youngest in Charge. One of my favorite joints. Yeah, either that or sample. You know, sometimes somebody gets inspiration from hearing a sample. Most definitely, most definitely. Um, so what I what I want to do is move on to the the second and and third uh, full studio album you came out here with. Now this was a little later. Um, you teamed up with Howie T again. This is around July 1990, 1990 and you turned eighteen. So it's about two years later when you when this one came out, right? Yeah. Oh, now. With the evolution, and I want you guys to go on YouTube and check out the video. There's um, a special Ed uh, Vivo, and you could check out some of the videos. I love that there's so much transition from their first video, you know, I'm the Magnificent, to this second album, and how they dressed you. Like, did you have, like, a publicist, or, or how did that happen? That's just all you? Yeah, well, when, when, when it became a big deal... Then they brought in a lot of different elements. One of them being a stylist, a different stylist, a different shoes, and things of that nature. So at times it would be my stuff, and at times it would be what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Got you. I took, I, I took pride in my own style. Right. So I always myself. But um, they they wanted to step in and create an image, etc., which is cool. That's the public from the beginning. Right. And but guess I had to prove to them that I was worth so investing. Right. Now and I and I'm trying to create this picture in my head here. So we're we're coming into the second album. 
Um, do they give you another advance or how does the, the monetary part work? Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. Okay. So they gave you another advance and now of course you're touring, you're going all over the, the country, correct? Yep. Okay. And then you had um the lead single from this album and I and I was looking at the videos, a lot of of um of growth I would say in it. Um, but for this particular album, it had I'm the Magnificent remix, which is kind of odd now. You usually have a remix on the first album, but was that your idea, Howie's idea to have a remix on the second album? Like, was the song so big you had to remix it? Yeah, well, the song just had, just had its own life, and Howie came up with that remix. Mm-hmm. And the remix was a great idea. They wanted to do a video for it. Right. So they just on to the next project. Got you. Okay, now with for me, I'm Special Ed is the standout track for me on this album. So for I am Special Ed, I'm Special Ed, it was just you and Howie T and that's it on the track. Correct. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I wonder who's in charge of that because that that's weird that it keeps doing that here. Yeah, I need to check on that then because it should be accurate. Right. I wrote the lyrics how we wrote the thing, but see, some of them have samples in it, which today have updated right. and, and have, you know, agreements for them. So you'll see in the writers, they will have some of the musicians or groups that we're sampling from. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. It's great that it all can be worked out and everyone can be happy. Right. Just want to make music. Like, I'm not trying to steal somebody's Got you, got you. And and while we're on the topic, um, I'm actually just gonna give this one a spin. It's called "I'm Special Ed" from the album Legal, 1990. Of course, artist is Special Ed, and this is one of my favorite track tracks from the uh, second album uh, from this legendary artist, Special Ed. So. Let's take a listen. Yes, I'm back because I never did front. Everybody act like it's the time of the month because you beef about this and you beef about that. With all of the beef, I get to think I would be fat, but my metabolism rate goes quicker because I am a slim, trim, smooth city slicker. I don't perpetrate to be the great or royal. Just shake the hands and the fans stay loyal. I got the cash, but money ain't nothing, yo. Come here, baby, and let me unbutton your button. Stop fronting, because I want you, I do. Then get your friend, because I want her too. Is it possible? Do you think that we can swing it? If you like the song, come along and sing it. Appreciate the music, that is what it's here for. Therefore, come on, everybody cheer for the super technological, extracurricular, adjacent right angles are also perpendicular. I can teach you from what I know in my head. I'm special at I'm not rapping, 
Russian, Russian, blood to your head, which causes flushing. Your face is pink and getting red. Now you got the curse of a verse of a special ed rhyme. Cause I'm on, so turn up the juice, cause I'm gonna get loose. Where is born? Chubbs try to pose and flex, but I can kick a rhyme battle, break your nose and neck. But I don't wanna hurt you or beat you. But try to diss and I'll dismiss and defeat you. Cause that's a game that I do not play. No, I wasn't brought up or taught that way. So don't try to tell me what I know already. Plus, you don't know me, so don't call me Eddie. It's special, so get it in your head. Especially when the special is me. Cause I'm special ed. You don't stop because I just won't let you do it. I know you bit my rhyme because I saw you start to chew it. Just like some dumb bubble yum, go ahead. Cause I'm special ed and I'm ready. They used to call me Crazy Eddie because I couldn't be beat nor overtaken. Years have gone by and I am still making more and more. And just like a store, it sells like she sells seashells down by the seashore. But I won't preach about a beach I just came to reach into your mind. Kinda like a reminder. Don't you remember who is the finder or who was the founder? I was a rounder long time ago, but now you know. And knowing is half the battle, but understanding is the other. Go ask your mother if. If you don't, and if you don't, then you won't. Why stay hidden in the dark? Because you might get bitten, forget the bark. Cause yo, I just rush and buzz around like a splatter. Cause it doesn't matter, I could bust another or the other instead. Cause I'm special ed. Now, another standout track on this album, I think, is um, Five Men and a Mic. It features 40 Love, uh, Action, Cooley Man, and Little Sean. Now, how did this one come about? Well, we was all in the studio. We was all at Howie's crib, and the track uh, came on, and it was like uh, not really a battle rap type track, but like a, almost a symphony type track. It was like... Mm-hmm. This is the tracks for different dudes to be on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that's how it ended up with everybody on it. And then, um, those are all my people, or my family, you know? Right. Then, then it came out fire. And um, especially like with DJ Action coming in, I don't know. He stands out to me out of everyone. Him and Little Sean did a, did a good job on that track. That track is definitely dope. Right. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. yeah shout out to Sean, DJ Action. 40 Love, my brother Drew, everybody that came through and blessed, right. blessed the mic. Yes, sir. And of course, um, took it back to the roots again and gave us some island vibe and um, see it, yeah, on the 10th track here. Yeah. Definitely. Dope. That's with my other brother, Cooley. Yeah. Ah, okay. Got you. Ah, so Cooley, that's your brother. Yeah. 
Ah. I work. Yeah, I work with all of my brothers basically, pretty much. Yeah. On, on music, whether it be on a track or lyrically, you know, featuring. You know what I mean? Very dope. Okay. Okay. All right, so we're going to transition to the last album. And again, I appreciate your time. The The third album, this was five years later, right? When you were 23? Uh, probably if I ain't doing the math right now, but yeah. Yeah. Now, why do you remember why such a, a hiatus or what happened from the second album to the third? Man, record label stuff. Mm. Business stuff. Oh, yeah. It gets convoluted, it gets polluted, and, you know, we got to sit down and settle it and sort it out, you know? I hear you. It was a lot of business loopholes going on at the time, and um, that had a a big effect on everything, but, you know, it had to be done, you know? Right. Now, this was released in 95 at a different time in hip-hop, where I want to say... Maybe a little more edgier, a little grittier. Did you feel that you had to kind of change with the times around then? Well, I'm always evolving. Um, I think the style or the content is always there. It's just a matter of whether it's cool to say it or not. Mm-hmm. At that time, there was a lot of censorship. You know what I'm saying? It was uh, when they definitely censored hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I get you. I get you. Now, on this album... Um, when I was looking, and this is again where they have different names on here, Method Man and different artists were included in some of the ad libs and vocals on the, in the background. Oh, on a hook, I probably got Method Man on the hook somewhere. Yeah, right. I, I take I take hooks from um, everywhere in hip hop. Uh huh. All hip hop artists. And if it's something, that's what hip hop is. Hip hop is, you know taking a hook, you know, making it a song. You know what I mean? So it's kind of built, it's kind of building off of everything else. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So you kind of incorporate everything in your hip hop. You want, you make it relevant, you know? So, and um, that's how that works. Okay. And I noticed that there was more producers, not just Howie T. Was that your, do you want it more producers or how did that work on this album? Well, at that point, I've been kind of getting out a lot more, expanding and just open to the idea of working with other producers. Um, you know, I always kind of wanted to, but it's just time and, and place. Mm-hmm. And at this time, I, you know, moved around a bit more and was able to work with more producers. Right. And again, you um, give us a little reggae vibe and you have the track with Bounty Killer um, this one is called Just Killer. And it's actually, you helped produce it with, with um, Jamie? No, I produced it. You produced it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who Jamie but yeah. I produced that. <laughs> who's Jamie? Yo, yo, I'm telling you, the, the names that are attached to these songs, man, somebody needs to... <laughs> Somebody needs to get the act together because they have different type of name. And this is why I'm happy I'm able to speak to you and, and maybe enlighten some folks. But they have all types of names put on. on that's what songs. I'm saying. I'm like, hold up, who's Jamie? Yeah, yeah, that's but what it says. In yeah. any case, I'll find out. We'll, all, we'll find out who Jamie is. Yeah. Now, that's dope. You, you were doing more producing on this album? Or did you remember, like, any type of 
um, NPCs or anything that you were using back then? Yeah, that was definitely probably NPC. Gotcha. But um, the thing, the, the thing was that I've been producing since 1990. Uh huh. You know, the first thing, the first thing I did was I went and bought equipment. Ah. So, yeah. So I went and bought equipment, had it in my mom's house, making up noise. But by then they saw what I did with the music, so they were understanding of me, you know, doing what I was doing. Gotcha. So, Yeah, and I, I was just gonna ask you, like, so do you still get into it now? Um, do you still try to produce here and there and just keep your hands on the music? Well, what I do now more so is delegate, man. There's so many talented young producers out here that they can afford to take the time and sit and vibe that way. Mm-hmm. Where I'm on a, I'm on a different plane, so mm-hmm. literally, too, I'm on a, a damn different plane, so. It's like, um, you know, I, I, I just delegate and I have enough of them accessible to where there's enough music for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? we can we, we can make music for anybody mm-hmm. and that type of situation. You know, I mean, I can always sit, you know, sit down when it comes down to it. And it does come down to it. But at this point right now, I'm more, you know, more on the business level making things happen i hear you i hear you now uh fast forward to 99 2000 it looked like they put out a, a best of special ed album were you involved in that uh, i was involved as being the artist but the label felt that they wanted to put it out so that's okay. fine it's just it's just funny you know what i'm saying right income, I guess, okay at that point okay and then I'm going to fast forward a little more. It's fast forward to 2004, and uh, we have still got it made. And you were still messing with Howie T on some of the production, right? Yeah, Howie is my Howie T is my family. Gotcha. So any music I'm doing, I'm doing to Howie mm-hmm. as a mentor, seriously. Right. Aside and- aside from you know doing tracks, you know Howie gonna experience and give me some feedback and mm-hmm. you know on every track on any track so Howie is more of a mentor big brother mm-hmm. and um you know, I'm, I'm grateful I've met him man along my path got you now I really love this album and if you guys haven't downloaded or purchased it uh still got it made uh came out in 04 it features production from Special Ed Howie T and um Superfly and the intro track was impressive. It's uh, special, and it's a sample from Teddy Pendergrass. Yep. Dope, dope track. Sir. Yeah, that is a dope one. Hitman Howie T does it again. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's yeah. Snoop's favorite track, too. Yo, Hit that, yeah. And it, yeah. if you... um. You know, if you're my fellow smokers out there, this album right here, will, it's a vibe, man. It'll put you in a good good mood. Um, now, this one was released on Semi Records. This is around the time you came out with your own record label? Yeah, yeah. Just to do my thing independently, man. Like, I'm doing music for myself and my crowd. Right. So I don't need the interference or the delusion from a record label to kind of 
you know what I mean? I, I, I just felt the need to do it myself and be honest with my music. Right. You know, so that was me. That was me being honest with my music. Right. And it came out great. Like, how did how did the connection happen with Snoop? Because I see he's on a t- couple of tracks here. That's my guy, man. Snoop is my guy, man. He's a great person, man. Yeah. Like, so we are. This whole business is smoke and mirrors, but at the end of the day, it's what we deal with in reality and, and how we deal with reality that matters. So, you know, when you have a stand-up guy, man, that's all. That's all it is, you know. That's what's up. And some, and, and again, some dudes are real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some dudes are real. Right, He's a real guy. That's dope. I, and I like to, um, like, when I see the celebrities and on TV and social media, I like to know that what you see, you know, some of them are actually real down-to-earth people. So that's dope that, that Snoop is one of the good guys. That's very dope. Yeah. And um, now you, you gave us, again, another island banger, and this one featured uh, Sizzla. Right. Yeah, that joint is tough on there. I, li- I like that. And it, that's why when I, yeah, when I when I started to hear them, I'm like, yo, he's really into giving us like the the reggae type of vibes. Like, I think you'll you'll do well if you try to curate or or put some stuff together with with reggae artists because you got an ear for it, you know. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I grew up listening to, so that's even easier for me, you know. Yes, and um, one of my favorites on this album still got it made to listen to is um uh when i'm in my smoking mood is kryptonite that's my joint kryptonite yeah, is dope that's a, yeah that's definitely one to meditate on yeah man yeah mark mark spark produced that uh-huh and he's a, i met uh i met him in brooklyn but he's from uh out here in north carolina shout out to charlotte yes sir shout and, outs um, yeah yeah, so he, you know, he got tracks, man. He's a musical guy, so we linked up. You know, we linked up since the uh, third album. Or, yeah, mm-hmm. we linked up since the third album, so we've known each other for a while and been sharing music. Gotcha. Well, I haven't said this in a while, but we're going to take a little pause. Go ahead, grab that bong. Grab that big and we're going to vibe out real quick to Kryptonite. This is a track from Special Ed. It was on his latest album, last album. Uh, Still Got It Made that was released in 04. Features Mark Sparks. And let's vibe out together, baby. Kryptonite. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm like super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, but she like kryptonite. It's meant to be, it will happen. For instance, take me, see, I'm still rapping. It's like something that I can't quit. It's nicotine to a fiend, I need a damn hit. I can't stand it, but I can't sit. Don't leave like this, it ain't over. I promise I'ma change soon as I'm sober. You're killing me like you hitting me with two in the shoulder. You wanna fight like you the promoter. And it's pay-per-view, but I stay for a few. I take a hit from you to hit a flesh slap. I hope you get back. Here, take your dress back. If you wanna talk, then let's rap. It's alright, maybe all night and all morning. 
tell me what month you born in and i tell you today while the moon and the earth rotate you see girl i got the whole entire world at stake you gotta wait i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm like super duper she like kryptonite i'm a super duper but she like kryptonite i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm like super duper but she like kryptonite i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm a super duper it's torture when i want you but i can't touch you such a crusher feeling like i'm such a sucker mother of creation i want to walk you to your destination but you left me waiting now i'm lost in my imagination of what you would have been like trying to make sure i put it in right we wore white covered every inch of your sensual softness i'm playing offense now you call it foul what i did now that's why i'd rather sit alone and zone i phone home but you never answer i'm in atlanta i'll be back now you want your key back see that couldn't wait to start tweaking now we hardly speaking pardon me for breathing you hate to see me eating wait to see me cheating you getting nervous i'll be in them hills where the phone be out of service making sure that money surface oh, what's the purpose i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm a super duper she like kryptonite i'm like super duper she like kryptonite i'm a super duper but she like kryptonite i'm a super duper but she like kryptonite i'm like super duper but she like kryptonite i'm a super duper but she like kryptonite i'm a super duper to be the Mac of the year. Now you got me acting like I'm wet in the back of the air. Yeah, my people said they saw you when I'm asking them where. Like Smokey Robinson, you see the tracks of my tears. That's what you meant to me. You was meant to be sent to me mentally. Now I'm sentimentally touching you gently. I'm used to two or three, but now it's you and me indubitably. A little nudity, you do it beautifully. We can travel through the air at the speed of sound. While I beat it down, you need a Superman. You don't need a clown. But you frown when I gotta fly away. But I gotta leave you and fight evil. I'm always trying to save people. And a lot of them is women. I ain't necessarily trying to hit them. You trip when you see me with them. Now, you're breaking me down slowly. Acting like you don't know me. My little homie. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm like super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm like super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm like super duper, she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm like super duper, but she like kryptonite. I'm a super duper. Well, that's dope, man. Listen, uh, is there anything like new? Because I know it's coming up on the 30th anniversary, I believe, of the first album. Do you have anything planned or anything new coming out? Actually, I'm in the midst of plotting and scheming right now. So let me do my plotting and scheming. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Listen, again, um, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming on the show, Behind the Music, the podcast. We have Special Ed here with Radio Rashid, and he is a legend. Please, please, please go download, stream the music, go to YouTube, watch the videos. He's one of the great ones. It's, it's someone that you should definitely do your homework on. And Special Ed, I appreciate you coming on the show again. Thank you, bro. It's an honor and a pleasure. Yes, and, um, sir. you know, just stay focused, man. Stay positive, you know? 
Most definitely will. We appreciate you, brother. Peace. All right, peace. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Living Legend Special Ed. If you don't know about him, get to know about him. Do your homework. Do your research. Listen, again, thank you for tuning in to Behind the Music, the podcast with your boy Radio Rashid. And remember, young world, the world is yours. It's yours.